0: Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. Uh, this week's episode is with Dilruk Jayasinghe, who's a Melbourne-based comedian. He's a lovely, very enthusiastic, very open, very honest guy. I admire him a lot. He's kicking goals um, in terms of comedy. He's he does a thing uh, that I have always been afraid to do, but he carries it off because he doesn't really have any ulterior motives which is that he'll ask people questions and he will pursue people about comedy in a way that I am always afraid will make people um, not not like me. But he's so likeable and so genuine in his his questions that it's inspiring to me. Uh, I've just finished my first week of living in Melbourne, although I'm now in Adelaide for a week, so... Uh, The distinction being I think that I have just slightly more stuff in Melbourne than can fit in a banjo case in a shoulder bag. Um, uh, Whereas in Adelaide I have taken arguably most of the stuff that I have but it's not all the stuff that I have. So uh, Melbourne is still home, (laughs) I guess. Uh, This podcast has a little bit of noise pollution because we were in a noisy cafe. It cuts off um, not... Abruptly, we do say goodbye, but in the middle of of some interesting conversation, because Dill had to run off to do a spot at the comedy comics lounge in North Melbourne, and uh, for that reason, because I had to cut off a little abruptly, I've left left in the early chat, which is just preliminary stuff, and you will have heard some of the stuff I talk about. You'll, for example, why I moved to Melbourne uh, is is part of the. Um, Part of the conversation. Sorry, if you know that already, grit your teeth through it or uh, skip to about eleven, twelve minutes in and it will be finished. That's a guess, by the way, I haven't I haven't timed it. Um, anyway, thank you everyone who's been emailing me Alicerfraser at gmail dot com. Come to the comedy store on the 24th of July if you live in Sydney or if you have money to burn uh, and live in another state. Uh, I'll be in Sydney as well from the 4th to the 10th of July. I'll be in Perth from the 22nd to the 29th of June. Uh, Major gigs I put up on my website. Smaller gigs I Put up on my Twitter. So websites alicecomedyfraser.com, com. Twitter is at alliterative a l i t e r a t i v e. Just because I don't think it's uh, it's a it's a hassle to update the website, and uh, sometimes I'll get a gig at quite short notice. That's a, sm- a smaller you know. I don't want to I don't want to overload you. Is what I'm saying. Uh, support me on Patreon if you feel like doing that. I've just hit the the level where I can pay for all of my teas that I have with my Tea with Alice guests and that makes me feel like just amazing, just amazing, you guys are amazing, thank you so much thanks for listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, I enjoyed having it, we got into some really interesting dark territory and Dill is a great guy, look him up online, you're having tea with Alice
1: Simon then it gets a bit muddled up or does it
0: the thing that uh, yeah, again, yeah. finger gunsy is sure. the thing that uh, most annoys me. Sure, I mean, you know. all people who sort of are not interested in engage- about engaging with an idea, like, like a, it, it's, it's um, it's okay to change your mind about something halfway through. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be careful. I will cut out anything you're not comfortable with. Yeah. Um, so, if you find yourself talking yourself down a path that you're like, uh, actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is Hitler-esque, um, we can, you know, I can cut it or whatever, it's but, I, I, yeah, that's what I want. I don't really want you to self-censor, I don't want you to have an eye to, you know, being marketable or anything, I just want to know what well, Yeah, let's do
1: it.
0: Yeah, this is the thing, this is the fourth date, right? You know, we don't have to, I don't have to, you know, hear about what your favorite color is. Been,
1: been on the day. I've mm-hmm. gone from, you know, one or two dates to, uh, the other ones have just been from friends to relationships. I've never really had fourth dates.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Why do you think that is?
1: Just the way I operate, I, um, I'm a very... <sighs> Okay. Are we recording? We can if uh, nah. I'm just getting levels at the moment. Sure, sure, sure. I, I, I think I don't know. I've never. I, okay, I definitely have issues with um, certain insecurities. So I feel more comfortable around people who already know me. I feel less, you know, creepy. I don't have that. Like it's a really funny thing where I know I, I, I definitely know I can uh, be attractive to. Girls, in that first few moments, and then somehow it kind of falls apart a little bit, and then it's hard for me to reel back from that. Whereas, say, if it's a situation where we came in from not in an attractive, sexual kind of way, and uh, then discovered something, going, "Hey, what's going hey
0: oh, has got happened. something, yeah."
1: Then I find it. Well, that's well, to be fair. That's only really happened once, and maybe a couple of times. Well. Once mainly, the long, big long term relationship. And my long term is like a year and a half or something
0: like that. Yeah. Getting yeah. hijacked by the sex thing is a, a really, yeah, I find that a very interesting, yeah. an interesting thing because it can ruin.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely, I don't know, I've, I've grown older and been able to to separate that stuff better. Yeah. Like I actually had one of the,
0: coffee.
1: A coffee from me once.
0: Dill awesome, is having a black coffee, we're in a Malaysian restaurant. And I'm having a green tea. Yeah. No.
1: Thank you very much. Alright, should we get to cracking?
0: Yes, we should get cracking. Um, so have you thought about uh, ideas that you might want to discuss? Or
1: oh, really? Uh, you
0: don't have to. Spread no, yeah, I might. Just chat.
1: Yeah, we'll see where we go. And if we catch on to something, I'll definitely stick to it
0: alright good stuff so uh, welcome to the podcast you're having tea with Alice we're sitting in a Malaysian restaurant I'm having green tea Dil is having a black coffee
1: yeah it's a I think it's a Vietnamese coffee uh, that they usually add condensed milk to
0: Sweet condensed Um, milk. Oh, and it's so good.
1: Like it's really, really good. Right
0: out of the tube. I remember when I was a kid in Burma, and that was just what people just they just give you a tube of sweet condensed milk. Really, the most amazing thing. Oh
1: yeah. See, my mum used to make these. um, She still does make these really cool things called milk toffees, which is just basically kind of cooked condensed milk with I don't know what else to be honest. But oh, you put a bit of you know nuts into like cashews and stuff like that
0: do you know what else if goes you, into it. Not oh, a, bit,
1: a bit of vanilla flavouring yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's not uh, much that goes into sweetened condensed milk right. turned into toffee. You can just boil it down Correct. and it turns into caramel. It's but, amazing.
1: But what we'd get is the tin that you know once you put oh. it all out, you can't. And that tin somehow made it all the more like coveted because there's not enough of it. So yeah. You just have to like really savor, savor it. Whereas uh, now as an adult, I'm like. If I want to confuse some condensed milk, I'm going to get me some fucking condensed milk. And then the thrill is gone. Mm. The joy of it
0: is that that it's so special and so scarce. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I was a comedian friend of ours, Bart Freevan. He um, uh, and I were talking about this uh, this particular diet that I'm on at the minute, where effectively, the long shot of it is uh, that you. basically eat fairly carefully during the week Um, you know just you're limited to like um, lentils and and you know like you eat as much as you want of the health stuff as much as many veggies as you want as many a bit of chicken whatever that's fine you just avoid things like starch and and uh, dairy and you know uh, yeah los sweets basically as well anyway so on the sixth on the seventh day you get a cheat day and um, the cheat day for me works on two levels, one, because psychologically it's the biggest battle that I struggle with when I go on any diet, it's is that, that not
0: allowed. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's just as soon as you tell me something isn't, uh, I can't do something, that I, I need it like really badly. Like um, I had an ex who told me uh, when I said, oh, I think I want to do stand up. She goes, oh, do you think you're funny enough for stand-up? And I feel like that one sentence is what probably, subconsciously maybe, now I think more consciously, uh, is a major driving force, you know? It's just as soon as someone tells me I can't do something, or like even in high school, I was, when I remember this teacher, there was these two maths modules, you had to do one and then the other one, Yeah. but I was like, I'm too smart for this, I can't be bothered doing one after the other. I'll do both of them at the same time. Yes. And uh, they're like, no, nah, you can't do it, it's just too hard. And I'm like, all right, let's have a yeah. crack. Yeah, and, I end, and I ended up getting like 100 for I'd the second module.
0: genuinely think, and you you don't often get angry, do you? I can, I you definitely have. Do you get
1: shouty? Uh, yeah, I can, very rare, yeah. but, but it, it, can, it has come out of me. And this, is,
0: this is something, this is a theory that I have. Because right. I had a similar thing, where right. I started mm-hmm. doing, I'm doing improv at Sydney University and the first thing I heard was that women are not funny.
1: What do you mean, as a as a suggestion from the audience? No,
0: no, no. like when I started doing improv, right? I wasn't funny, and I wanted to do it because I wanted to see if I could become funny, right? But I, I was one of those people who was always told I had so much potential, and I found that crippling.
1: Potential for what to for be funny? It, to be
0: brilliant, not to be funny. Oh, in yeah, yeah. in school and everything. This oh my god, from parents so much potential. And stuff? Parents teach right, everything right. and I just it crippled me. Hmm. So I wanted I went and I did theatre sports and I was terrible at it. Yep. Terrible, like genuinely fucking horrifying, the worst. Okay. Uh, and I thought, okay, this is something I'm bad at. Okay. I wanna see if I can get good at it.
1: Oh right.
0: I went to a workshop and the workshop was Mm -hmm. women are less funny than men basically that was the thing before we
1: got to that workshop what was what do you think is that driving force that made you go i want to get good at it like what about theater sports was it that drove you it was because i thought it was that women aren't funny and you want to disprove that that's what drove you but you're saying you you had the drive before that workshop even happened
0: well i no this was the thing i guess i might not have kept the drive up
1: um, okay.
0: It might have just been theatre sports as yeah. this thing, and it was, it was, it only became stand up after that. Sure. So the, the first thing I went, I watched Ed Highland Cavalier and uh, Charlie Garber and a bunch of other people at Sydney University do this As in, thing. this is
1: Ed Cavalier off yeah, Ed yeah, yeah. fame. Yeah. Right, right. What's the middle thing you
0: said? Harlan? Oh, Highland He used to have a middle name. But oh, like wow. He, he okay, He yeah, dropped yeah. To the middle name to yeah, be yeah. more accessible now.
1: I think um, that makes sense. Yeah. Ed Cavalier is so much, rolls off the tongue better than yeah. Ed Harlan. Cavalry.
0: Yeah, I think rolls it was sort of some sort of weird air to some
1: yeah 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 kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then got, you'd think oh, it'd be Edward Yeah, Edward Harlan but he's you
0: know he you know, he cooled himself up yeah, and yeah. he was amazingly funny and a girl called April May um, who was the her time her name was April May uh, uh, I actually don't know if that was an assumed name or not wow I could I don't actually know yeah genuinely
1: sisters June July yeah
0: yeah <laughs> but she uh, they were all on stage that was so funny and I thought I want to do that I would like to be that funny because they brought me so much joy right. watching them and I was like wow I'd love to do that and then I tried it and was bad at it and I think it was one of the first things in my life that I tried and not had any
1: success straight away
0: yeah I was always oh. good at things right off the bat was very right.
1: that's weird. fascinating to me and this idea of women aren't funnies that you think was one of your driving forces? You wanted That became
0: to, it after. At sure. first it was just like, can I get good at something? Because yeah, I was yeah, always yeah. good and, and then Right, like so this is what I was getting to. So I that didn't was know probably if I could could ever get good at anything. Right. I really felt worried about myself that mm. I couldn't ever get better at anything that I wouldn't be able to work at anything because things came easily to me right and it made me really lazy I was a very lazy I didn't do a single piece of homework in the entirety mm. of my school career yeah and I did fine right like right, you know right, right, I didn't right, read right. a single law case in the entirety of my law degree and I did fine yeah like
1: I I'm, I'm, I reckon I'm the um, the opposite end of the spectrum.
0: Right. which is why you're going to do so much better than me in life
1: right right like, because well it's just a case of it's just figuring out what it is that I wanted and then putting my efforts into it because I reckon there's very few things that came naturally to me um, I, uh, I was a, I did swimming as a kid and I wasn't great at it but over the course of two years I worked my ass off and um, I had like you know I, I think I had held the under 13 freestyle record in my school for like sorry no under 10 like young one for 13 years sorry wow. something like that something crazy like so
0: brilliant yeah
1: so it's uh, even in school like you know I had all these people who would get, would get concepts really quickly whereas I didn't I kind of just sat through the class and then would go home and do my own study like at the age of about say 94 so that was I was 9 from about then I remember closer to exams I'd get up at like 4 in the morning and study See? to get there
0: because I didn't
1: come naturally to me. And same, I feel like stand-up, I remember that day one where, uh, not day one, but you know, just in the build-up to that day one as well. Uh, my first gig was at the Comics Lounge, which we're close by, to, so and you are going to go check out after this. Um, it was at the workshop that we just saw as well. Uh, I went to watch it a few times, and then I finally said, OK, I want to do it. I remember looking around going, shit, I'm not the funniest person, nor am I. The, the the most talented person. I didn't necessarily have a performance angle, like I could do voices or anything. But I always, even then, realized that the one thing that I have that no one else had was I just knew this was for me. Yeah. Like, because I, I did my first gig and I it went bad, but yeah. I loved it. Like, yeah. like I knew I went bad. I wasn't delusional. That was yeah. That was the first thing that I feel like I went. Oh, I realized that was bad. How much fun was that? Yeah. I want to keep doing this.
0: Yeah. And I want to so, get good at it. Yeah, anyway. so
1: I took a day off work. My I used to be a full-time accountant. Then I spoke to my boss. I okay. think almost the next day, saying I want a day off work because I want to work on comedy. Like, so for me, if anything came easy, it's just the conviction that this is for me. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I, right? think that didn't come easy. That right. I had to fight for. Right. I knew I wanted to do it, but I there was a lot of there was a lot of shit to overcome for me yeah. to. Tell my parents that this was oh, what yeah. I wanted to do. Like to I pull a real... out of a law career. Oh
1: yeah, mate. You're talking. Pull out
0: of an academic career and go. No, no, this is the thing that I'm actually not that good at. I really am not. Right. Everything I have in comedy is because I worked right fucking hard for it. Every pe- I'm not charming naturally. I'm not approachable. I'm not uh, easy access. Mm. I'm not. Witty. I'm not funny, and I had right. to get all that. Every,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and
0: it's not that I think that I have a lot of that, but I do know every single piece that I've worked. for That's it. And there purpose. is
1: there is some truth to that, that feeling of going. Oh, it it's, it tastes a bit better once you get it yeah. because you know the road you had to take to get there. Like you know, going back to the whole idea of a treat. You know, uh, we'll be talking before we start recording or after. I can't. Sometimes it melts together, but the I idea know. that oh, the condensed milk, condensed yeah, milk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you have it all the time, if it comes easy to you, then you don't appreciate as much. Yeah. But if you know the effort that you had to get to that condensed milk, if it's you know you so just have, sweeter, have yeah, so much sweeter, and it's right. already
0: Way too sweet, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I feel like maybe that's what it is. The harder you work, the more it's, um, the more it's rewarding. But also, I found stand up was the first thing for me that I found. The reward was in the work itself so that's why like that lead up to my first gig was so enjoyable that even though i had a shit first gig it didn't matter like yeah. it was like having a good gig was going to be the bonus because even getting up there because i wanted to do it since like for so long that i was really excited to be able to get up there and do it I so now i'm trying to figure out what the driving force really is because you know i'm about four and a half years into it now oh, i don't think yeah right so i don't i don't think my, you know, that comment by my ex-girlfriend necessarily had an impact on me. But at the same time, I still haven't got sick of it. I haven't seen any sign of me going, wow, this again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just still genuinely excited to be out there.
0: It's amazing how... The same joke in front of a different audience is a completely different joke. Like it doesn't
1: oh. get boring. Oh mate, yeah.
0: Sometimes your your, your material will get stale and yeah. you'll move on. Oh, but without, it's oh. not.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I 100 percent agree with that. The but. material can get stale. Your enthusiasm is kind of self-driven, though. Like yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like the material. I've had I had actually we're coming off the back of about four weeks of feeling like a bit of a stink after after festival. I had. I think yeah, I did. Uh, post-festival was, slump,
0: right? Well, well,
1: interestingly enough, like the first three weeks back after festival, I had 27 gigs. So I was averaging about nine per week. And that's like, you know, nine in one week is crazy, but nine across three weeks was insane, right? Yeah. But, um, and I loved it. I, I was just, just you know, I, I wasn't burnt out or anything, but I felt the, the creative slump. Uh, where you just suddenly go oh i think i'm now just moving through the motions because across festival i just did so many gigs and then all of a sudden i haven't you know had a time for free. you get
0: stuck in a certain set i think sometimes if you're Mm. i mean for me certainly focusing on my solo shows and doing spots around town means i don't think about the spots before i do them Mm. um in a way that i normally would if i had a spot one night i'd be like what am i going to do in my five or ten or seven or whatever it is or my headline spot what am I going to do? If you're in festival mode, you're focused on your solo show. So you just show up to the thing and you do whatever comes to you. And then you kind of do that same set again and again, just because it's easier than thinking about it. Mm. And you fall into this set that might not actually be what you want to say. It might not. You just want to do a good set so that's that people it. come to your show. You're not focused on right. the fact that they might not come see your show. Right. They might, that might be their only idea of you. And that's a kind of a scatter shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I... I, I yeah. Yeah. I reckon the, one of the advantages of doing multiple gigs at the festival for me was being able to not only read a crowd but have a set ready for that particular type of crowd. Yeah. I, and it also is like. This kind is of,
0: why you're a hard worker and I'm a lazy fucker. What do you mean? Uh, I just naturally I think go the easiest path, <laughs> which is well, not the best. Part. Well, it's just sort of like I, I I found a lot of my ticket sales.
1: Uh, not a lot but a good portion of my ticket sales came off the back of doing spots yeah. and then people
0: I would agree are flying, that, yeah. flying flying
1: flying firing mm-hmm. afterwards or whatever and then coming so for you know a, an early show at the Exford around 6pm I had a different set for the late show at 11.30 12 yeah. you know and and both times would have people coming to me afterwards going on we're definitely going to come and check out the show and they did yeah. you know so I, those are the things that I found beneficial about being able to go alright what is in my arsenal that would make these people Give them enough of a taste to make them want to come back, and you know there's not much of a difference between the two. There might be just a bit more bravado, say in the nighttime one, just a little bit more, you know, um, arrogance, a little more, like just I don't care about you, yeah, because they're all drunk and they're yeah, you need a rougher
0: hand, yeah,
1: yeah. Or the daytime ones would be a little bit more like toned down, a little bit same, almost the same material, but just a little different delivery technique. But in in terms of work ethic I still feel like there are things that you know I, 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 I gig as much as I can and I don't see that stopping anytime soon I just i am mm. addicted to it in a way yeah. even if I'm not on I'm at a, gig, I'm yeah. a comedy gig there's so many things that I could do off stage that I am struggling to find the motivation to like how, how do you how that's do you keep yourself motivated so
0: there's I think there's three things in that yeah. oh, three angles one is I've just moved to Melbourne yeah so that's
1: is this your first podcast after coming to Melbourne? Yes. Well, welcome to Melbourne. Thank
0: you. Ellis. Thank you. I did a solo podcast, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is my first um, Melbourne. Comedian well, I'm happy to be the uh, podcast, the
1: face of Melbourne comedy you're <laughs> in you're your very the good opening family. face, the welcoming face. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, so this is, I mean, so this is a new environment for me. In Sydney, I'd built up some reputation. I can, I could get gigs, and I was getting a lot of gigs. Mm. And then I've walked away from that, probably mm. stupidly. Um, and come into this town where A, it's a lot harder to make money, B, there's much more competition, mm-hmm. C, I don't have the networks, I don't have the connections, I don't have the... You have some. I have some. I know yeah. people, but I'm not, not, t- um, not tight. Some goodwill,
1: yeah. I think yeah. people
0: like me, but they don't... You know, they like me in a sort of a... Yeah, Alice, she's nice. Not in a kind of, oh, I'll get her for that gig
1: thing. right up. Okay. Um,
0: Which is fine. Um, the second thing is that... Uh, this festival season was very shadowed. Uh, my mum died in October last year, so mm-hmm. I felt a lot like this was all keeping my head above water. Just that I have been... I have been... It, it, it has been enough to just do the work. Just to be able to turn up and do a show or do a spot or do anything Yeah, has been enough.
1: Enough for...
0: Enough of an, an achievement.
1: Oh, okay. Right, the fact that you've been clocked in, punched in your time card yep. to work, as in comedy work, is an achievement in itself. Yeah. What you did after that was just gravy. Right.
0: Yeah, it was, ju- I mean, yeah, just to come and do a spot. Right. Even if it wasn't the best spot I could have done. And, and, and you know, particularly in Adelaide and Perth, where I was doing my old show, and I really was... You know, spending most of the day walking around in a a, a day's a complete day's, yeah. flying on autopilot. Yeah, very much a paper person. Right. Um, not socializing, not making, not networking, not.
1: What do you in just doing and,
0: the show? Yeah, and that was enough.
1: And what did you feel about those choices? Do you think it was uh, in hindsight? I know in hindsight it's easy, but would you prefer to have taken a year off or?
0: God knows. No? no.
1: And the reason being, it kept your head above water.
0: They asked my dad immediately after mum died. He took two weeks to did the funeral and that stuff, and then they asked him if he wanted to take uh, three months of time afterwards, and he was like. No. No. He took it in, at the end of January, he took a yes. couple of months off, but immediately after my... Like, you need some somebody, normality? A, 33 yeah. years of looking after my mum is is a thing. That's That was part, you know, it was his job. It was a, right, a job private. for all of us. It was part of our lives, uh, bigger and bigger, or sm- depending on whether she was getting better or worse, or what was happening. Expanding or contracting, but always there. And then towards the end it's a it's a full time job. Right. Somebody's dying, uh, particularly in this kind of intense way that she died, it's your whole life. Anything that you do is time out of that. Mm. So I would be going from yeah. the hospital to a gig and then back to the hospital. Yeah. I'd be sitting in the hospital writing my I wrote my TEDx talk. In the hospital, in the palliative care ward, I wrote wrote my show, this savage show. I wrote that in the hospital, and Mm. and that, and then to have that finish, and have half your life, or more than half your life, just disappear, Mm. and then to have them turn to my dad and go, so that thing that you have, that's the only thing you have left. To structure your day around. Yeah. Should we take that away for three months so you can just stare into the void of? No. You know, of, like of, of yeah. your
1: yeah purpose, um, you know your day-to-day activity, your drive, all these words.
0: Yeah. So I. I took. Was
1: yeah. was was uh, was your mom's dad any played any part in moving to Melbourne?
0: Oh, I yeah. just. Yeah. I moved home after Melbourne last year to when she was diagnosed. she's diagnosed two weeks in, I was at the shelf. Yeah. Uh, diagnosed
1: with what, if you know what I mean. Cancer. Right.
0: Um, so she had MS for many years. And, and that's
1: why she needed care, because yep. of it. MS. MS.
0: Um, and then, yeah, I remember my dad called me because he knew Monday was my night off. And. I what do you mean by Monday's night off? On, of the festival.
1: Oh, yes. Sorry.
0: So I was doing Everyone's a Winner. Before I'd left for Melbourne, there was this thing, this strange thing that was happening. Uh, and oh, right. we sort of said, oh, Mum should get that checked out. Okay. Um, but it wasn't abnormal for strange things to happen with my mum because she was sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we, that we, I knew that, that was there that was something, but there was always something. And Dad called me and said, oh, so tonight's your night off. And I said, oh, I'm at the shelf. And he said, what's the shelf? And mm. I said, it's this great comedy show and uh, I'm about to go on stage. And he said, oh, okay, cool. Everything's fine. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: talk to you later. Yeah. And I went, oh. And I turned to Justin and Richard, uh, Adam Richards and I said, oh, it's really good. There was this thing we were a bit worried about with Mum and it's not a problem.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And I went on and I did my spot.
1: In a good and mood. And then I
0: came off stage and yeah. I chatted to some people and then I saw I had a missed call from my dad. Mm. And I thought, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, right. And I went into the
0: back stairwell of the shelf mm. and I called him and he said, yeah, didn't want to say before your spot, but it's, uh, it's cancer.
1: So that's uh, April.
0: Yeah, that was April, uh, that's and then
1: what's uh, it? Six months later.
0: Yeah, and then May. I, she had ke- chemo and radio, and it was it was meant to be a skin cancer. It wasn't meant to be a huge deal. It was mm. 50 percent chance of complete remission, which is good odds. If you think that fifty percent chance of complete remission, fifty percent chance of you know some further thing after the first treatment. They yeah. say the first treatment, fifty percent chance it'll completely go away. Yeah. So we went there, did the chemo. I had another set of gigs in Melbourne again. Um, while I was in Melbourne, Dad called me and said, so we've got the results. Uh, he did it in a really terrible way too, like just the worst possible way. He said, we've got the results. Obviously, he didn't mean to. Mm. Got the results. It's... Um, hasn't had uh, as much of an effect as they had hoped for
1: um, treatment
0: treatment uh, it hasn't metastasized they think she has a couple of months
1: <laughs> right
0: so that was the thing of like oh. yeah yeah oh. the first two parts of that sounded good
1: yeah.
0: The third right. part of that didn't sound very good. And I was about to go and do a gig.
1: Do you remember which one?
0: I, I was meant to be recording some, some sometimes... voices for, for Rob Hunter. For oh, his okay. um For his animated series that he's doing on YouTube. Yeah, cool. And he, I'd gone to his place and he's like, I'm going to head off. And I got this call. While he was in the bathroom washing his face, and he came out and was like, What's happened? And I was like, uh, Can I come like half an hour late? Mm. And he said, Yeah, sure. And he went off. And then uh, I walked up and down Justin and Rob's empty apartment and just sort of screamed a bit.
1: Oh, wow. All right. You got
0: Yeah, it just made some noises. And then I went and did the recording. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah,
1: well, I don't know. That's just generally what... I mean...
0: But the answer is that then, yes, I came... Mum died in October, I stuck around, uh, and then I started talking about moving out, and Dad said, I think we should stay here, live with me in Sydney. And it felt easier to move to Melbourne than it did...
1: Really? ...than it did
0: to move out of my Dad's home into another suburb.
1: Were you living... uh, in your dad's home? when you Yeah, like it? I said, I
0: moved back after right, last sorry. year's festival to yeah, yeah, yeah. help with the dying. And um, it's weird that dying should be a group project, but it is. Mm. Um, mm.
1: It seems like a, a not an easy one to do by one person. Yeah, you and need it, to share the load. It
0: wasn't like the day after she died. I was like, well, I'm out. So <laughs> yeah, I hung out. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then,
0: you know, now it's the new a new year. I did all the festivals. I came back mm. to my parents' house and I said, well, I should move out. I'm a grown-up person. Dance, like I don't think you should move out, mm. and somehow my cowardice maybe just meant that it felt easier to be like, oh, Melbourne, work in Melbourne, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: than to go. I'm gonna move two suburbs away and leave you in this empty house. Yeah, sure. Just because I don't want to live with my dad,
1: Mm-mm.
0: like that, that's not a good enough reason. Particularly my dad's kind of Jewish cultural, three generations in a house. Yeah, a Burmese cultural, B- Buddhist thing, four or five generations in a house, like you know that. The closest, it. Of, makes yeah, no sense. Unless for you me had to a move strong out. purpose to. Yeah, unless there's a reason. And yeah, the yeah. reason um, is that, that makes sense, though, why Melbourne was easier. Much easier. Totally. <laughs> I don't know if you have that in your uh, family, this idea that um, it's easier to fucking go overseas than it is to go next door. Yeah.
1: I would agree. I think definitely. Um, it's a weird one. Like, I think. You know, being away, for me, it's probably easy to say, you know, say, oh, if I was in Sri Lanka, I'd probably live at home anyway, just because, you know, we get along and all that. Yeah, I but, you know But then it's just the reality is that, you know, I'm there three weeks of the year. Of course, it's, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows. Um, but I think, yeah, I think for me it would be, like, saying that I have to, you know, I, I want to go back to Sri Lanka more often than I do. I try to go back now two, twice a year for this very same reason, feeling like, you know, time's limited with my folks. I need to um, spend as much of my time as I want with them. older people? Oh, they're like 63, 62. Um, but, you know, just generally I've just got this vibe that, you know, I've just sort of started accepting that one thing that isn't inevitable is death, but the timing of death isn't, you can't control that. So part of my whole show speaking about how it wasn't until I started genuinely the show that I did just then the festival was about me moving to Australia and how much I love it and uh, the one sight the drawback of being here you know, is being away from mum and dad uh, and my brother you know, we're all very really tight. And, you know, it wasn't until I genuinely sat up one morning and just visualized them dying. Did I not realize how much I've taken their presence for granted? Like, just because they're away, you like you always go, oh, I can call them later. Oh, look, that email that's come in today, that text message from mom, I'll reply later, I'll reply. You know, there's all all those little things. It's never the big things. Like, I've never been a bad son. I've just been a not a great one. You know what I mean? And I just why am I assuming that there'll be a tomorrow? Like, why do I just assume? I remember there was one of the 9-11 anniversaries, either the first year anniversary or the fifth year or the 10 year, I'm not sure. I really don't have that date in my head. It could be, like, it could be across 10 years. Yeah. That's as far as, you know, I know it's within. You know, but I know it was a 9-11. The day, yeah, not the year at all. It could have been 2002, it could have been 2011, but um, I remember my dad and I spoke on the phone. Uh, I was in Sri Lanka, this memory of mine, so I must have still, before I came to the I came here in 2004, so it might have been the first year anniversary. And uh, dad and I was talking and dad was saying how he's watching this uh, report on, you know, doc o or whatever about 9-11 and how, you know, people who, s- s- uh, the vic- the vic- the families of the victims were saying, oh, if there was only just one chance to just say, I love you, how, you know, I would give anything for that one chance to at least just say I love you. That was as simple as that. And my dad and I had this Mexican standoff where we were both, because we're not people who said I love you to each other, and we had this kind of standoff going, well, clearly both of us are meant to say this now, and we're not. And we both caved. We did. just said, oh, well, is your mom there? Yeah, I'll pass it around or something like that. We just passed it around and fast forward to that moment that I had in Melbourne, say, a year or two years ago maybe, yeah. I think. I just started actually picturing them dying and actually, ac- like, physically going, you know, visualizing the funeral. And just started boiling my eyes out and just filled with this regret of not being a good guy. or Not being a great son, just being an okay son. Yeah. And I just, like, wrote this email out to them that morning, like, that, you know, before we were even going to work or whatever. Just saying, you know, I don't think I've been appreciative, or you know, thanks for the He-Man figure that you bought uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid. In the show, I say I called up because then the stakes are higher. But you know, um, the real, the truth is an email. But uh, and now I sort of end every phone conversation with both of them with "I love you" and you know "I love you too." So the way I look at it is kind of like even if death happens, when death happens, at least I know my last. It, thing with them was a bit you know of of a positive one yeah even if it's like after a fight and like ah, oh, crap just end it with an i love you and you know we're gonna be okay kind of thing just rather than leaving it on a you know oh you know call me later or whatever you know? yeah just yeah, that yeah. angry tone i just i kind of feel like, like you can't cheat that but i've kind of taken away it's it's that that you know like if i find out now that you know um, my dad or my mom have passed away. I'll be so sad. Like I'll be yeah, yeah, a yeah. mess. But I just know that last time I spoke to them, which was Friday on Skype, we just pissed ourselves laughing for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I kind of try to make sure that the at as least as few the,
0: regrets as possible. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not enough, but it's no. better than it's nothing. It's never
0: enough. Yeah. <laughs> but believe me, yeah. I I knew my whole life yeah. from the time I was about ten that my yeah. mom was dying Yeah. yeah. And so and mortality is very time, much yeah. Get very much worse. Yeah. And
1: it still doesn't make it any easier.
0: I was never did anything mean to her or yeah. cruel or and I was, was other than running away to Cambridge and running away to New York mm. uh, to kind of escape her yeah. home. Um, yeah. I never hurt her. And I told her I loved her and I did all of the things. Yeah. Still not enough. Yeah. It, sure ne- it will, one will one
1: never one. be enough. I know. And that's. I don't know. It's like I already feel regret right about certain things going, oh man, she just wanted you to do that. Why didn't you just do that? You know? It might have been something as simple as maybe more with dad as well going, oh, can you, you know, install this software that I don't quite understand? And I'm like, ah, oh,
0: can I do it later? You're chinging it.
1: Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's why I really love that bit of his about trying to help his mom. With a computer because I think it's so relatable. My dad
0: has just discovered emoticons. Oh yeah. And oh my god, he the first use of his emoticons is a passive-aggressive attempt to tell me not a passive-aggressive, but like an attempt to tell me what I should do. He's 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 finally accepted my career choice and says things like, mm. "You should get a, a TV show." Oh yeah, sure,
1: That's what you should get because you obviously.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh-huh. I think
1: you can get them from uh, from bunnies. Yeah,
0: yeah going? just I'm just gonna walk in and tell them to give me uh, a T-shirt. So, uh, I want you to read that out. That's the message that he sent to me so, in his first. This is his first ever use yeah, of it. so light bulb. Light bulb ideas.
1: Uh, pen. Writing. TV camera.
0: TV camera.
1: A satellite dish. <laughs> a TV screen. <laughs> glasses. What's with the glasses?
0: Learning. Concentrating. Learning, yeah. okay.
1: And then a big bag of money. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's perfect. Yeah. Actually, can you send me that same roll of messages just because I want to send that to people from now onwards and just see what kind of response I get, just a social experiment. You know exactly
0: what that message is, right? Oh, without a doubt. Like, yeah. Without
1: a doubt. Hey, i got an idea. Maybe you should try writing for a TV show so that you can learn and get money. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, yeah. Good, good. I'll just knock that door. How are you
1: feeling about... Um, um, Korean stuff that's one of those things that when you start out new at least for me I felt quite easy with it because I'm like I still just want to learn I just want to learn be a better performer and you know just keep my head down and keep learning I'm starting to feel that little thing of going hey maybe you know like I said at yeah. the start what see is, other people I can of
0: your class
1: not, not, not even that I just start to feel that you know it was. it's around festivals that you start noticing the things you should have done yeah. Um, simple for me being a website. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or more of an online presence. You know, uh, which is the same thing. But I mean, like more tweeting and things like that. So I'm starting to go. Okay, maybe just getting up and doing stand up every night might. Is good. I think that's still fixing the first thing that's need ne- the bit, the minimum. I feel like that's what it is now. Yeah,
0: I think there's a thing in comedy where you can do a lot of work that doesn't get you mm-hmm. a lot of place. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like it's
0: very easy to do, uh, we should go soon, but yeah. it's very easy to do treading water. Yeah. To just feel, or treadmill, not treading water, uh, treadmilling, just,
1: yeah, just doing trying. things that feel busy. Yes.
0: That make you feel busy without right. actually. You know, think, sitting back, taking time and thinking about where you're going. Correct. And I think that's the time for me now, being in a new city where I don't have just mm. weeks of work laid out in front of me, where I have to... I can either go out every night and, and just try to get over mic gigs, which will mm. feel a little like a step back, maybe. Or I can... F-
1: I wouldn't look at it like a step back. No, but you know what uh, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it'll, it'll feel uncomfortable. It'll feel, it's I've like, started
0: in a lot of cities. Yes, so, right. You know, right, I started when I was in Sydney and then I went to the UK and I started there and then I went to the New York and then I started there and came mm. back to Sydney, had to start again Yeah. stand-up after having yeah, done yeah, it yeah, Sketch. yeah, totally. So I know what it's like to do that,
1: Mm-mm-mm.
0: so now I have to think about, okay, strategy. Yeah. Instead of going to a gig, should I sit down and write a bunch of sketches tonight mm. and send them off to a TV show? Do I want to write for a TV show? Is that what yeah. I want? Or is it just what my dad wants? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, totally. Edinburgh. I'm going to Edinburgh. How am I going to do that? How am I going to go to a place I've never been yeah. and get an audience for 30 nights in a row? How am I going to do that?
1: Ugh.
0: You know? Yeah, totally. I've never been there. They don't know yeah. who I am. I think, Nobody I th- knows who I, I think am.
1: think it's good to ask those questions and good to keep that in the back of your mind. But you've, I wow. think the trick for us would be it's to so avoid getting horrible. overwhelmed by it. Yeah. You know? That that tone of going, oh my God, how am I going to do that? Yeah. It's you got to be careful with that. Yeah. It's be but more also, that how? Yeah. So, like, yeah. okay,
0: do I. Yeah. Break it down into smaller pieces. Do I start no, tweeting, no. Reviewers, now? Right. I start tweeting no. reviewers now? Right. Do I start tweeting other comics now? Do I send out a press release or is that going to go completely Lost underwater in, yeah. in 3,000 other shows? Do That's I. It think about how i get in the national news do i have to kill someone yeah do i have to kill someone to get people to come to my show just ask
1: a few people in edinburgh is most hated hey um this has been a pleasure
0: thanks for talking with me thank you so much for having me i'd love to
1: i'd love to come back and finish up where we left off i feel like we got cut cut short but i do have to be on stage
0: maybe we'll do this later or maybe we'll wrap it up okay cool you guys will find out